right. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well today. Hey, guys, as we get started, I'm going to ask if you will, if you're if you're able to, to come this way. Miss Melissa is going to come up here. Um, I want you guys, let's gather around. We're going to pray for Melissa this morning as we uh, as we start things. So don't be shy. Come come gather around if you feel led to. Give you just a second here. As you guys are making your way, I just want to let you know, and Melissa, obviously we have her permission to do this and desire to do this. Um, not, a, not a great report by doctor standards uh, this week, but we know, and Melissa more importantly knows and has trusted Jesus as her Savior and knows the great physician, and so he's in charge, and that's what we want to pray for and pray to, amen? And so I want us, before we even pray, just bow our heads for just a moment. Even if you're around the parking lot, just reach out this way. And just think of it this way. In, in a moment's notice, because we know Christ, we can say the word Father. And the Creator who spoke everything, Melissa, us, this world, into existence. We have His ear. Father, forgive us for when we just rush and don't think of the awesomeness of that fact that we are communing with our Creator. It's no different than if we called up a friend on the phone right now that we have your ear, you answer in Jesus' name, and so we just trust and pray. And Father, we ask for you to be with our sister. Uh, Father, we love her. We thank you for her. And Father, we just say in ultimate authority, you uh, know exactly what's going on with her. Your word tells us that you created her, you spoke her into existence, that you formed her in her mother's womb, that you knew her before anyone else in the secret, in the quiet, intricately woven. Father, so with all of that planning and purpose, you know exactly what's going on. And Father, we've got to say it again. We said it last week, but your will is not for anyone to have cancer or sickness or any of those things, Father. That is from a broken world. Your plan was Eden. Your plan was perfection. Your plan was walking together in fellowship every single day. And Father, by the grace of Jesus, we can still do that. You're in the process of setting things right, making all things new. Until then, we have sin and sickness and all these things. But what we pray is that you walk through with Melissa. I know as her church family, we will. And so, Father, we ask that you strengthen her mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, God, we trust and pray in your will and your leading in this. And that, God, you have her. You'll not let her go. You'll not forsake her. We trust and claim all the things we know to be true in Scripture is that you're walking with our sweet friend and that we're with her as her family. And, Father, we'll walk with her every step of the way. And so, Jesus, we pray for you. We need you. We ask you. We're begging you for healing. We're asking that you walk with and comfort. And, Father, that there's never a moment where Melissa feels like she's alone from you or from her friends and family that are gathered around her now. And so I pray in the days ahead when there's tough moments that she remembers that she pictures this of a, a group of people that love her and that love you, that are gathered around her, that are with her and walking with, with her. And so she's never alone in this. 
We pray for comfort. We pray for hope. We pray for healing. And most of all, Jesus, we just pray that you make yourself known through this situation and that you just bless Melissa and let her know that we are with her all the way. And so, Jesus, we pray and we ask this in your name this morning. Amen. Well, guys, I want to say this this morning. I think from hearing Miss Mitzi's prayer earlier, getting to fellowship with you guys, praying with Melissa, I feel like I've already met with Jesus this morning. Hopefully you feel the same this morning as well. Amen? All right. Well, hey, we're going to get started this morning. Before we do, in case you didn't notice, uh, we had the Kingdom of Heaven Motorcycle Ministry here with us this morning. Guys, uh, raise your hand. Ladies, raise your hand. Thank y'all so much for being here. Yep, you guys thank them. Our good friend Chris Carr, Just People Project, is here, and I have already been on the record that if a fight breaks out today, I am on Chris's side and these, uh, this motorcycle club side. So whatever happens, just know that's who I'm with. So we're good. We're covered. Nobody's getting – I notice everybody's attitude's good today. Nobody said nothing. We need y'all here every week, man. All right. Thank you so much for being here, both both of you guys. All right, so last week, uh, if you remember, we recapped the golden rule, and then we looked at the two ways of travel that are available to us, right? If you remember, we talked about that difficult way, the narrow way, right? That's the one that we only can travel by faith. We can only travel the narrow road by faith. That's the only way you can enter the narrow way is to enter through Christ, and that is through faith, right? And then we said, while we have the appearance of many other ways that we could travel, there's only two routes. The narrow way and any other way leads to the wide road that leads to destruction, right? We talked about that if you were here last week or if you're listening online, you saw that. That no matter which way you go, if you go your own way, you go your grandma's way, you go tradition way, you go whatever way you want, if it's not founded in faith in Christ, it is on the wide road that leads to destruction. We talked about the very, very sweet moment, if you've ever been there or had a family member that's been there, where you go to a hospital and you see this sweet, precious, newborn little baby. As sweet and as precious as they are, they have inherited a sin nature from one man named Adam But there's also grace by one man named Christ, right, that sets them free. But they have to make that choice. So really, if you want to look at these new parents bundling up this sweet bundle of joy, placing them in a car seat, and heading down the road, really their life at that moment is on the wide path. It's headed toward destruction, and that doesn't seem fair, right? But we inherit that sinful nature, that one day they must come to a place of faith and understanding and choose for themselves, I am going the narrow way. And so I just want to remind you of that. We're leading out of this place in the Sermon on the Mount. If you haven't been with us in a while, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 111 verses, the longest recording message that we have from Jesus, right? He may have taught ones that were longer, but the longest recorded one. And so we're reading Jesus' words that he is 
on a hillside, disciples sitting there and listening. And we even talked about the audience, right? His closest disciples, then these kind of outskirt disciples that are following along, some that may have been following for the show, right? to see what he was going to do next. And then no doubt we had these Pharisees, these religious leaders that are on the outskirts, not there to learn from Jesus, but to trap him, right? To call blasphemy, to do all these things, to head him towards a cross, which we know they will do, but he's willingly going to lay down his life. And so they're all in the crowd. They're all present. And we said when we sat down and we started looking at the Sermon on the Mount that we wanted to act as if we too were on a hillside, feel the gentle breeze on the hill right now, and that Jesus, our Savior, is teaching us. He's talking to us. And in such a way that we know he only says it six times where he says, you've heard it said, but I tell you. And he talks about the heart, right? Not just the physical things, not just the things of the law, or not just things people observe, but why we do what we do, right? He's talking about the heart of the matter. That's a lot of what the Sermon on the Mount. And so while he only said that six times, it's chock full in these 111 verses of, I'm telling you, there's a greater way. It's all about the heart. It's about the issues of why we do what we do. All right, And so this week we're going to pick up where he left off. He talked about the golden rule and then the narrow way that leads to life everlasting, the way that is wide that leads to destruction. And then he gives us a warning. Beware. I want you to listen to that word. I know this is earth-shattering news. Can I tell you what beware means? It means to be cautious. Be alert. Look out. Right? Like this is, this is even more of a... A strict warning then, like you walking up to a fence and seeing, beware of the dog, right? It, this, is a, this is a warning. This is Jesus sounding the alarm, and he's, I, I find it ironic that he's coming off of a place where he says, listen, the road you need to be traveling is narrow. you got to pay attention what road you're on, because everything else is wide, and it's going to lead away from me, which is destruction, You need to be on the narrow way. How do you do that is communion with him, right? Faith in him. So he gives us this warning right after that. Here's what he says in 15 through 20 of Matthew chapter 7. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Will you pray with me this morning? So, Jesus, we just ask that you put us in the mindset as if we are on a hill, maybe even this cool breeze helping, that we feel we are on the hillside listening to these words for the first time. I pray that you speak them new to our hearts, fresh, Father, a way that just makes sense beyond my words, Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak loudest, that you speak louder over any words of my friends have heard of accusation or shame, whether that be from themselves or somebody else. I sense a a spirit, as I do often out here, unfortunately, of feeling like somebody saying I don't measure up. Uh, Father, I just want to speak truth over that and say in Jesus' name, that's a lie that they do. That everyone out here living and breathing has the opportunity to be called sons and daughters of the King of Kings. 
All we have to do is believe in faith. All we have to do is believe. It's so simple. And so, Jesus, I pray that we take that gift. I pray that if we already have it, as we've already prayed, we just walk a little closer with you today. We pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Jesus has talked here. He's given this cautious alert. Be aware. There's dangers. False prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Can I just be completely transparent and tell you how deep of a thinker I am? I mean, I am a deep thinker. I'm one of the deepest thinkers I know. And this passage takes me to something like Looney Tunes. Anybody remember Looney Tunes, right? The good cartoons. None of this new stuff, man. Like, go back to the old stuff, right? But when you go back to those, I can almost picture a wolf putting on sheep's clothing and just kind of the even the cartoon noise just sneaking up to the rest and being this cute little sheep and then all of a sudden now you've let the wolf into the sheep pen right and i picture that and while that seems silly to picture in a cartoonish way i want you to literally picture that scenario that a wolf is camouflaged themselves in sheep's clothing to get around the other sheep let me tell you they're not going to that an elaborate of a disguise to sit and hang out with the sheep. They're not doing that to get to a place where they can just, I just really want to be a sheep. I just identify. We got a culture that identifies with whatever they want to these days. I'm identifying as a sheep. Sorry, wolf, it doesn't work that way. Right? The only reason, the only reason a wolf would put on sheep. By the way, who's intimidated about a sheep? Nobody. Anybody want to sign up to be alone with a wolf? Not happening, right? Nobody wants to do that. And so this the only reason is that a wolf would put itself, it wouldn't choose to be a sheep. The only reason it would put on the soft, comfortable little, you know, sheep outfit and walk up is because it wants to devour the other sheep. It is looking out for its own interest and wanting to steal, kill, and destroy because they're a product of the enemy, right? That is what a wolf in sheep's clothing is. And so Jesus says, be careful of these wolf in sheep's clothing. And in fact, he doesn't just say they're wolves, they're ravenous wolves, like hungry, starving, mad, aggressive, angry wolves. Not the sweet little sheep you think it is. So what it's saying is it gives the outward appearance of something else, but inwardly it's this ravenous wolf that wants to destroy. Can I tell you, some of you have subscribed to false teachers that are the same exact thing. They stand up there all looking sheepish, you know, and I got my sheep stuff on. But inside they only care about themselves. They only care about, listen, here's a, here's a big key. If anyone is interested more in building their kingdom than the kingdom, false teacher, false prophet. They are a ravenous wolf in sheep's clothing. People that have the appearance of caring and teaching and guidance, but they're living in disguise. That is what a false teacher is. They're no different than a kid on Halloween that thinks he's the Red Power Ranger. It's like, dude, you're four. You ain't nothing, right? But in that suit, man, they feel like they're the Power Ranger. They're in disguise. Right? Like, 
Guys, I don't want to call anybody by name because I'm not bold enough to do that. I don't know who is and who isn't, but I can tell you this. There are people that want to do something for their own good, and how many people over the years and years and years have used the name of Jesus to do horrific things? If you're using the name of Jesus something other than first pointing people to God, the Father, and then bringing people together, it's never going to be about cause and division. It's never going to be about this race is better than that race. It's never going to be about any kind of ideology that is just, you know, mainstream and trying to build a, a little earthly kingdom. It's going to be about love and grace and mercy and compassion and bringing people together. It's not about the kingdom of the church at South. I can tell you that. In fact, I'll be bold enough to tell you this. Everybody look me in my eyes and know that I'm telling you the truth. If God ever puts somewhere else another family for you to be a part of that you will grow more in, you have my blessings and honor to go, and I will pray over you and send you out. I pray that's not the case. I love everybody here, but I'm telling you, it's not about building this kingdom. I want to build the kingdom where we send people out and get this. They go about their business building the kingdom where God plants them. That's how it goes, right? That is what we're supposed to be about, bringing people together and spreading the message. It is not about earthly kingdoms. These false teachers, though, they look in at what's in it for me, and it was never, never supposed to be about that. I want everybody to hear this. If you hear nothing else, listen to this. A true... A true ministry, always, always, one million percent of the time, not a 99.9, it's not good enough. It's always going to point people to Christ. He's the center. It's never going to be about an individual. It's never going to be about a group. It's never going to be about a ministry. It's always going to point people to Christ, not to a church, not towards self-help, not towards all these things. It's always, always going to involve Christ. It's going to be others is more important than yourself. We talked on that last week, right? That Philippians 2 moment of Christ being equal with God, yet humbles himself to put on human skin and walk and live this life. Are you kidding me? Like, listen, guys, I've, I've had the blessing to be to some awesome places. Can I tell you one of my favorite places right now? I love Jamaica. Any Bob Marley fans out there? Any fans of what Bob Marley does? I'm talking about the music, not that other stuff, right? You know what I'm talking about. I see somebody said, oh, yeah, I love Bob Marley. It's beautiful. Can I tell you that probably, and this is, this is awful, I love y'all, but if I had the chance to be in Jamaica, I'd probably want to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I probably, I probably would want to be there. And I, I would want to think, you know, man, this is, this is, this is nice, right? But I, I can just tell you this. It's not, it's not so much about what it is for me. It's not about any of those things. Can I tell you that Christ compels me to be here? Chris and I were talking about that earlier. It's like, we could be a lot of other places. That guy, like, he loves y'all. Man, you know that, like Chris, you've been out at the park and been around him. In fact, people call me Chris sometimes. I know people call him Keith sometimes. We've been called worse, but we call that sometimes. But we want to be here. 
right? It's not about being in some other location and say, man, that's great, and I could be anywhere. It's like, but there's something deeper here, right? Do you feel it when you walk in this parking lot that we say that, that this is holy ground? Can I, I want to just break this out for you. This is a flower shop parking lot. There ain't nothing special about this place. Now, they're wonderful people. The Papses are wonderful. But it's holy ground because of Jesus. I want to just say this. Jamaica's wonderful, but this is one of the best locations on all of earth. Mitzi prayed it a second ago. The family that is here, that we feel connection with each other. I, I just want to throw this out. We don't all look the same. We don't all act the same. We don't all come from the same background. Can I tell you that's what the gospel is supposed to be about, though, that everybody has a seat at the table? And let me tell you, you don't have a seat at the table as a hired hand, my friend. You don't have a seat at the table as somebody that just barely made it in. If you know him, if you truly know Christ, then the king of kings, and I love how that's written, by the way. I don't want you to king with the capital K to the lower K kings. He's the king over them all. And he lets you sit at his table and calls you son and calls you daughter? How does that work? The gospel. The good news. That's what we're about. It's all about Christ. That one man. The one man that brings sin is Adam. The one man that brings redemption is Christ. This is more of my spiritual knowledge for y'all. I get a lot of my spiritual knowledge from memes and uh, you know videos and stuff. But I saw a meme this week, or if you're Bryce Harper or May May, he calls it. I want you to know this is, this is beautiful. It's such a simplistic thought. If you don't think redemption is a huge thing, look at what Satan tries to do to fight to the death for your soul. And then Christ laid his life down for it. Don't tell me your soul ain't worth something. It's worth redemption. Do you know the, the word for redemption is simply this, a buying back? I want everybody to look this way. You have to have faith in Christ to be God's child. Everybody's not God's children. Everybody is God's creation. Everybody has the opportunity to be God's children. Okay, but listen to me. Your plan was to be God's child. That's why you were created was for relationship. I don't care what you've done, don't care what you're doing, or what you will do. It has no bearing on the situation. What has bearing is what's already been done. It is finished, right? But the redemption part is they were meant to be mine. Sin entered the picture and took them from me. Redemption is I'm buying them back. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but it wasn't money. It was more precious than that. It was his life. He laid down his life for you. Don't tell me you're not of worth. Don't tell me you're not loved. He says the greatest love is that a man would lay down his life for his friends, and he has done that for you. Sheep and wolves clothing. We probably all met them. Health and wealth. Name it, claim it. Looking out for their own interest above others. More worried about title than stooping to wash feet. Can I tell you what Jesus thought of these people? A lot of them were religious leaders in his day, and I can think of a couple. Brood of vipers. I don't know what that means. I just know it's not good. I know he calls them whitewashed tombs. It says beautiful, clean on the outside, but inside, dead man's bones. It says like a, a cup on the outside, it's clean, but on the inside, it's filthy. Those are a few of the things. The religious leaders. 
the ones that people would have oohed and ah, the one that the religious paparazzi would have sat over there and said, I need to take a picture. Look at them in their fancy robe. If anybody knows God, that cat knows God. And Jesus looked at them and said, they don't know me. I never met the guy. Not that way. False teacher, false prophet. In it for themselves. You know, that's a lot of the reason Jesus went to the cross is because he was upsetting the apple cart. These people were losing power, losing grip, and people would say, man, Jesus, I've never heard anybody teach like Jesus. These were teachers. They were mad. I love it when somebody comes here and teaches better than me. Happens all the time, man. I love it. We've had some good people come and, and teach, man, and they, they teach the Word of God out here. I love it. We don't let false prophets teach out here. Anybody that's ever taught from you, they might be the best teacher, but we know that they know and love the Lord, right? So how do we know? Say, beware of false prophets. That's great, Jesus, but how do we know? Man, I'm so glad you asked. Good question. Here's what he says. Here's how we'll know. He gives us the answer. You will, not that you might, not that you could, not that maybe. You will recognize them by their fruits. Time will tell. Proof is in the pudding. You ever heard that? Don't know what that means. Somebody looked that up. What does proof is in the pudding mean? I never, I've never understood that. It tastes good. I'm going with that. Amen. But we'll know. He says that. He says, you will know them. You will recognize them by their fruit. And here's one way you can do it. I'm going to tell you a few. If you know God, and if not, you can, right? But if you know him, you have the spirit of God living inside of you. Don't we just believe that if his spirit lives inside of us, that he's going to probably give us a sense of discernment. Hey, stay away. Maybe some of you have felt it. I hope you've never felt it when I'm teaching, but maybe you felt it when someone is teaching. You say, uh, not just with what they said, but how they said it or how they act or how they, I don't really know about that guy. Maybe God telling you, false prophet, stay away. Stay away from them, right? Number two, know the word. Please, I, I want you to hear me on this. I'm begging you, please. This is coming from somebody that is standing with a mic in their hand, a Bible open, and teaching you. Whenever somebody teaches you, especially me, whenever someone teaches you, measure it against the Word, what you know. If it's ever against, politely go to that person and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, have you thought about this? Like, don't go in there, you false prophet, because they may not be. It may just be something that they misinterpreted. It may be something that's their opinion that's different from yours, and that's okay, right? I mean, let's, let's make sure we're good on the basics, right, that Christ is the only way. But outside of that, I can about get along with anybody on theological differences because we can unite in Christ. That's the beauty of the family of God. We don't all have to think and believe and feel the same way. It's just about Christ. And so match it against the Word. Test what is taught. Again, you have the Holy Spirit, so listen to Him, all right? Number three, prayer is not just a parachute in time of need. Anybody need to hear that? Man, sometimes I find myself praying when I am in the mess. I'm deep in it. I mean, I'm barely barely breathing it's at my nose and i thought you know what i should pray about this how about pray when you step in it man like let's let's start then let's start earlier let's let's pray before we step in it let's be ready let's pray and guard our hearts right it's not just a parachute it is daily communication with god and i promise you this the closer you walk to him the closer you're going to be able to discern who's a false teacher or who's a true teacher right 
So just walk with Him. Simple. Walk with Him. Lastly, I'll tell you this. Walk with others. Walk in community. Listen, I want to tell you, and I get it. Some of you guys, and I know some of your stories, have been burned to no end. And you say, I'm never going to trust anybody again. And I get it, man. I get that desire. I get that thought. But you are not meant to live life alone. Community. Walk with others. Because others will be able to to bring insight and say things and, and speak into ways that you can't. Guys, testimony. Has anybody ever had that? A brother or sister says, ah, man, what you're doing right now or what the, your attitude is something off. Like, it is beautiful. And some of that comes from being vulnerable enough to let other people know your story, right? Some of you have done that with me. I will say this, Chris, we were talking about this earlier too. Be careful who you let know your story, right? Because some of you think it's their story and run out and tell everybody else y'all story, right? It's not what we want, right? That we that we guard that, but walking closely and, and you know, God will give you that. This is somebody you can trust. This is somebody you can walk with. You were not meant to live life alone. Community is vital. You don't believe me? Anybody ever watch Nat Geo? You better watch that, National Geographic. You better watch that. Tune in and watch the lions and gazelles sometimes. Tell me how it works for that gazelle standing out by himself. That don't work out good, does it? Most of the time, going to have his head somewhere near his rear. Going to be all twisted up and in a mess, right? But you know that they always do, and the lion could probably kill several of them, but it seems like they always wait for one to separate itself from the rest of the herd and especially god forbid it's a weak and young one over away from her that's a wrap i've seen that a million times when that lion and that guy's like look at the lion as he it's over it's over it's done standing eight count go on and give it to him he is done sorry for my animal lovers it nature is rough but isn't that a similarity to life you got out there and you got the Spirit of God living you. You're a believer, but you want to live life on your own. Oh, I've been burned by church. There's a bunch of hypocrites there. By the way, I heard a good one on that one time. I think I've shared it out here. But it's like uh, going to a restaurant and being upset that there's hungry people in there. Church is full of hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite sometimes. You don't believe me. Do you say you believe in God and know Him? But sometimes do you have hatreds towards somebody? Do you have anger? You have lust. Say something you shouldn't. Don't say something you should. It's hypocritical, right? We say we believe. So yeah, just rest easy. When you come out here, yeah, you're in a parking lot full of hypocrites, but there's grace of Jesus out here too. So just get along with that too. All right? So we're not meant to live alone. Jesus goes on to say this, Are grapes gathered from thorns? Figs from thistle, the tree's going to bear the appropriate fruit. False prophet can't help but produce bad fruit. That's why he said you'll know them by their fruit. It's like walking up to an apple tree and expecting to see lemons. That just would be really silly, right? It's no different. But it's the same way of seeing a, a believer and saying, man, there's nothing but bad fruit there. I just want to say maybe they're not a believer, really. Maybe it's just lip service. Maybe they're just saying that. 
And so that's these false prophets, right? That they're not spiritually motivated. They're not motivated by the good of others, but their own gain or self first or financially motivated, whatever it is. But false teachers bear the flesh. True teachers are going to bear the spirit. It says it. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Here's another key. I want to tell you this. On your own strength, you're going to bear bad fruit. And by the way, you can still do that as a believer. How many times, guys, I'll lead the line. I'll, I'll be the marching band leader right here. How many times with you, with the Spirit of God living in you, choose to operate out of the flesh? I do it all the time. I'm a pro at it. Operate in that flesh all the time. And I have the power and the presence of God in my life. And sometimes I still choose to do that. But there's grace. Make a 180, just like that original repentance, and run back to Him I'm going to think he's going to meet you like the prodigal son, the father of the prodigal son. He won't be able to stop kissing you. That rehearsal speech that you have in mind, you won't even get a chance to say it because he's going to be so excited that you're back to him. And lovingly, I want to say this on that. It's one of the most arrogant things that we do as a church is to have the Spirit of God in us and live and operate out of our own flesh. It's so arrogant that we sit on the throne of our own life and say, God, you sit this one out. I, I got it. I'll handle this, right? I got it. Don't, don't worry about it. Verse 18, a healthy tree, though, cannot bear bad fruit. A tree, a person connected wholly to God, will produce good fruit. It is all about connection. Who or what are you connected to? I pray that it's to Him. A diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. Hear this, please, all right? Even, even good things aren't good fruit in your own strength. I want you to hear that again. Even good things are not good fruit in your own strength because if it's in your own strength, I promise you, the good deed that you've done has a selfish nature somewhere. It's looking out for you. In fact, it takes me back to the Sermon on the Mount a few weeks ago of that passage when Jesus was talking about praying, and he says, don't have these long, drawn-out prayers like the Pharisees do. You remember that? Because they want to be heard by others. And he says, if that's done in that way, then there is their reward. So the good that you do in your own strength, that's your reward in that one fleeting moment right there. But in Christ's strength, doing something out of his will and his desire, empowered by him, is something that's counted eternal will be given back to you to place at his feet again one day. I'd rather go that route, right? I've done enough of the me trying to be the hero or trying to do good things, trying to feel as if it measures up. He cannot love me any more than he does. There's no need for me to try. That ought to take the pressure off. For those of you out there, performance-based theology of like, I just got us, you just got to maybe quit. Just let him do it. Walk with him, and he'll lead you what to do. And then it's a joy, right? Then it's like, hey, I got purpose because God, the creator, speaking to me and leading me to do this. It's not me conjuring up something on my own, right? It's not on my own strength, my own accord. It's following what he wants me to do. Sobering thought to close with, but true. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Bad news, good news. I always like to go bad news first. Every tree, every person that leaves this life apart from God will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now that's like, man, what a beautiful point to end on, right? That if you don't know him, that it's going to be separation. 
And that's the worst of the worst. But the good news is this. You still breathe and you still fight and you still got a chance. If you bend the knee, go to him in faith and say, Christ, I'm done living this life on my own. I want you. Good news is, my friend, you're on the narrow way now. And nobody can take it from you. No sickness, right? No pain, no tribulation. In fact, some of us think, well, I'm just going to give my life to Christ and everything's going to be rosy and five-star reviews. Life's going to be good. Life is good, right? They even make the shirt. When Jesus told us the opposite, in this world you will, not that you might, not that you could, not that you may be in this world, you will have trouble, but take the ultimate heart. I have overcome the world and what he is telling us, I am with you, I'll not leave you, I'll not forsake you, I'm walking through it with you. So you will have trouble, but you got somebody to walk through it with you. That is the good news. So if you are that bad news that you are a tree apart from God, that's going to be cut in the fire and all that stuff, turn to Him. You'll be a tree bearing good fruit by today. Guaranteed. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You don't have to do anything to become a good tree. In fact, I'm going to take the pressure off. You cannot. You, can't, you can serve your fingers to the bone. You cannot do anything on your own to become a good tree. It's not about what you can do. It's about what's already been done, already paid, already finished. Believe that in faith, and you can be a good tree producing good fruit. Amen. Sons and daughters of the King of Kings. One last reminder, Jesus closes today and says this, Oh, by the way, you will recognize them by their fruit. So I want to ask you this question in closing. Your fruit, what you producing? Think about it. What are you producing in your life? Is it grace and mercy and love and compassion? Or let's just go fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, all these things, right? Or is it anger? Is it hate? You can learn a lot about the tree by what fruit it's producing, right? Apple tree is going to produce apples every time. That's just how it works. So are you producing from the flesh or are you producing from the Spirit? I pray and I beg that you give your life to Christ. If you have already, let's just walk in His Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for my friends that are here today. I pray that we all know you, that we all are trees producing good fruit. And that's of no bragging of our own. That is simply believing and trusting you at your word that a good tree cannot help but to produce good fruit. The only way we become good trees are to walk with you in faith, Jesus. And so we pray that over this crowd this morning. And Father, if uh, we don't find ourselves in that, that's okay. There's grace for that. We don't need to stay that way. You've made a way. You've already paid it. All we have to do is accept. And so I pray that my friends here today that don't know you would meet you for the first time today and already start today producing good fruit because the spirit of you, God, lives inside of them. Forgive us for those of us that have your spirit inside of us. You're leading your guidance, but yet we choose to lead and guide our own way. Forgive us of that. Set us on the right path. Give us grace. Because uh, we need it every day, Jesus. We love you. We pray your blessings over this crowd. We thank you for this family. Uh, I just pray that you walk with us this week. Whatever we have going on, Father, that you just walk close and let us know that you're there. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give them a big hand.